Welcome to finding wonder in the world and the words while outside and in motion, fall. My name is Sarah Pwatnan. I live in South Minneapolis, four blocks from the Mississippi River Gorge. Six years ago, I began a project that combined my research and writing in feminist ethics and storytelling with my growing interest in poetry and my strong desire to reconnect with both my body and the place I live in and to write about it. Well, it didn't start quite like that. My project began as a blog about running and the experience of training for my first marathon. After I read Thomas Gardner's Poverty Creek Journal and took an experimental poetry class at the loft, it changed. More poetry and more experiments with searching for better words to describe what it feels like to be running beside the gorge. Then, when I was injured and unable to do the marathon, it grew beyond documenting my training to exploring what it means to be moving while writing, and writing while moving, and how both helped me to notice a place, the Mississippi River Gorge, and be in wonder of it. I began learning to notice my thoughts, my body, a place, and how to slow down, finding delight, searching for better words to describe what I think about when I'm running, devoting more attention to poetry, discovering how to be in wonder in the midst of a broken world. And somewhere along the way, through the process of returning day after day, week after week, year after year, to the Mississippi River Gorge to run and notice, then write about it, my project became a practice. I developed a regular and ongoing relationship with moving and noticing and writing. Over the years, this relationship has taken many forms and involved a lot of different experiments, but what has held it together is the small, steady structure I consistently follow. I go outside and move. While I'm moving, I try to pay attention and be in wonder. Then I return home and write about it. Finding Wonder in the World and the Words Fall is designed to give you a chance to try out this structure and see how it might work for you through lectures, brief readings, experiments, discussion, and, most importantly, practice. For the next six weeks, you will have the chance to practice this structure on a regular basis. The goal? At least three times a week. For our structure, we're building off of Mary Oliver's suggestion in her poem, Sometimes. She writes, Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. Our version of Oliver's instructions will be, Go outside. Move. Pay attention while moving. Be open to wonder. Write about it in a movement log. Week one is about starting a new practice of being outside, moving, and noticing while moving. In weeks two, three, and four, we will study several forms of attention to try out while moving. Being open to noticing, week two, peripheral vision, week three, and noticing beyond seeing, week four. In week five, I will highlight one of my favorite fall wonders, color. Finally, in the last week, we will think about the places and people we haunt and that haunt us, then conclude with a discussion of how the structure did and didn't work, and brainstorm ideas for what to do next with your new practice. Throughout the class, I'll offer experiments to try that help to translate your wonder into words. Four elements that are central to this class are 1. Moving through an outside space 2. 
developing a habit, a ritual, a practice. Three, using a movement log both to document that practice and as part of the practice. And four, experimenting with ways to use that practice to be in wonder and translate that wonder into words. One, moving through outside space. There are many ways in which standing or sitting still outdoors somewhere can help with paying attention and being in wonder. But for this class, we will focus on moving through outside space and the specific ways it helps us notice the world and be in wonderment of it. What moving does to how we think or feel or notice, to words, ideas, our connections to a place, to us, our understandings of self, our breathing, our senses. In moving, it might start with the physical, the heart pumping faster, circulating more blood and oxygen, not just to the muscles, but to all the organs, including the brain. But something beyond the physical often happens. We feel different, more open to the world, more willing to notice and be in wonder of it. And we notice new things and in new ways in the midst of moving. Moving through outside space is important too. It enables us to breathe fresher air and to be out in the world. It also gives us the opportunity to devote time and attention to a place, not only to become more familiar with it, its histories, terrains, inhabitants, but to behold it and care for and about it, to imbue it with meaning and make it sacred. 2. Developing a Practice Learning to give attention and be open to and then in wonderment of the world are things we need to practice repeatedly. For many of us, it was easier when we were kids and full of curiosity. As adults, it's harder to slow down, to notice the world and be dazzled by it. We don't have time. Our attention spans have shortened. We're discouraged from expressing too much enthusiasm. We've been overwhelmed by life. Too many obligations too much suffering. We need to remember and relearn how to pay attention and be moved, astonished, dazzled, amazed by what we notice. One way to do this is through practice, dedicated effort on a regular basis. And one way to do this practice is by going outside several times a week and moving, then writing about it, either after returning home or while still outside. Three, Using a movement log. While outside and in motion, even when we notice things and are in wonderment of them, it's easy to forget what we noticed or how we felt while noticing it. A movement log is a great way to document this. Not only does it give you a record that future versions of yourself can look to, I'm constantly thanking past Sarah for what she wrote down that I would have otherwise forgotten, but the act of writing it down, sitting somewhere and remembering, Thinking through your time outside and putting it into words becomes part of the practice of giving attention and being in wonder. Keeping a movement log is a central part of this course. I've posted the instructions in a section titled Movement Log Instructions and as a document on the resources page. There are only a few requirements. Most of your entry is up to you and how you want to pay attention and be in wonder. In addition to a big list of suggestions, prompts, possible experiments, I will offer several activities related to our topic of the week that you can try to help you practice attention and be in wonder. Try to be consistent in this basic practice. 
The benefits of a log are in the accumulated effects. It is slow, small, satisfying work. The practice of noticing, then finding wonder and words to express it, builds over time. You not only get better at doing it, but you create an archive of ideas, images, thoughts, experiences, details that you can use in future writing projects and in life. One thing to always remember, the overall goal of this class is to give you the time and space to experiment with a new practice. Some things might work, others might not. This is your opportunity to have fun, to experiment, to share strategies and be inspired by each other and to see what might happen when you go outside and move, pay attention, and be in wonder, then write about it on a regular basis. 4. Defining wonder and translating it into words. Wonder can mean a lot of things. Awe, astonishment, surprise, devotion, uncertainty. To be in a state of not knowing or not yet knowing, mystery, curiosity. And it can lead to excessive enthusiasm, delight, an uncontrollable impulse to share, a bubbling up of questions, or a sudden urge to imagine multiple possibilities. All of these involve a willingness to be open to something beyond yourself and your perspective, to be moved, startled, surprised, bewildered, enchanted, captivated, undone, by something you're noticing and then allowing that something to change you. In past versions of this class, I focused on Roske's delight and Amy Nizukamatatil's curiosity as two expressions of wonder, and for this class, we will continue to explore them, but it seems fitting in the fall, a time of in-betweens and transformations when beginnings and endings, the living and the dead, are especially entangled. To add another form of wonder to our practice, tenderness. I'll give more attention to being tender and tenderness next week, but briefly, I'm thinking about tenderness as care, a sensitivity to the senses, noticing touch, smell, sound, being tender as being vulnerable, soft, open to the world, and being a tender as someone who tends, who attends and notices, or who has habits, regular routines, an inclination for doing things in a certain way, e.g. she tends to run south on sunny days or tends to listen deeply when she's above the gorge. Throughout the six weeks, we will be exploring wonder and practicing it in several ways. Each week, you will have the opportunity to share the fall wonders that move you, and I'll share a few of mine. Additionally, I'll offer a new way to experiment with translating your wonder into words. The readings and something to think about as you move. September Light. Almost all of the readings for this class are short passages from essays or poems. I will always try to link to the larger work. This week, I'm including passages on the value of moving, why noticing is difficult and necessary, and a few poems about the changing light in September. As you move outside in late September, think about the lines in these poems by W.S. Merwin. Jane Hirschfield, and Louise Gluck. The Light of September, W.S. Merwin. When you are already here, you appear to be only a name that tells of you whether you are present or not. And for now it seems as though you are still summer, still the high, familiar, endless summer, 
yet with a glint of bronze in the chill mornings and the late yellow petals of the mullein fluttering on the stalks that lean over their broken shadows across the cracked ground. But they all know that you have come. The seed heads of the sage, the whispering birds with nowhere to hide you, to keep you for later. You, who fly with them. You, who are neither before nor after. You, who arrive with blue plums that have fallen through the night, perfect in the dew. From the Heat of Autumn, Jane Hirschfield. The heat of autumn is different from the heat of summer. One ripens apples, the other turns them to cider. From October, Part 4, Louise Gluck. The light has changed. Middle C is tuned darker now, and the songs of morning sound over-rehearsed. This is the light of autumn, not the light of spring. The light of autumn, you will not be spared. This is the light of autumn, not the light that says, I am reborn. Questions. How is the light different in autumn? How is the heat in autumn different than the heat in the summer? How do you notice these things as you move outside?